Hey Cecilia. Hi Karen. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I can't believe it's October already. <laughs> This year has just been going way too fast for me. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Yeah, but I think we have a pretty interesting month coming ahead and with some really, really diverse subjects at the Women in Data podcast. So it's time for us to go and do a little sneak peek and see yeah. what's going to happen this month. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. There is, you're right, there is quite a lot going on with the, with the podcast this month. So we have the usual episodes, we're having two episodes coming out this month, and we are going to talk about that in a moment. But before we get into talking about anything else, I just wanted to say that we're launching a competition this month. So the competition is going to run for a week and it's going to be a LinkedIn competition that's going to be on the Women in Data LinkedIn page. So if you don't follow Women in Data, uh, now is the time. Go follow Women in Data. Make sure you hit this um the bell sign so that you get all the updates and what the competition is going to be is so I think it starts on the 5th of October and runs for a week so from between the 5th and the 12th and what you're going to have to do is basically comment on the post that Women in Data is going to post <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm thinking what is the word and you will have a chance to win a 45 minute mentoring session with one of the industry leaders so we're going to be tailoring the mentor to the mentee based on who is winning the competition and I'm very excited about that so three people will win a 45 minutes mentoring sessions with one of the great women in data we we have around that's gonna be so exciting I mean I would can I compete no I can't. <laughs> no you But, can't uh, compete is it, yeah I can't compete damn it but I and I really like this and also knowing who is going to be organizing and all the women in data uh, members we have there is some really inspiring women so I think it's going to be a great prize well tough luck I'll get the next one <laughs> <laughs> But also, I know that there's also been happening a lot of things between you and me. And um, truth be told, Karen has sent me a, a couple of messages before we got into this call. And there was a few pictures of South Africa uh, that made me a little bit jealous. So go on, tell the world how wonderful that conference was. Uh, to be honest, it looked really amazing. It was great. I mean, I, I couldn't help but escape the weather. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. This is different attire to next, last month, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I, I was thinking I was a bit bummed that I was going to be missing Big Data London, but in the end, I had an amazing time. So as you said, I flew to South Africa to the BIN Innovation Fest. And that was a, a great conference where topics were very varied. So we spoke about data strategy, there was data governance, ML, obviously, because who doesn't want to talk about ML today? <laughs> <laughs> 
right yes, exactly <laughs> there was storytelling um and i basically did two presentations so one on removing the barriers that in the data analytics which i'm very passionate about i'm very pleased i got some really good feedback on that which i'm not going to brag too much about it but i was like yes finally no, you should. Uh, yeah because you usually you talk and then you don't really have all the feedback but what they did is at the end of each session they were asking the attendees to rate the sessions. So that was great. That means I know uh, what works, what doesn't work, how to improve the content. I really loved it. And the the other talk I did was on metrics governance. <laughs> Super important, but also a very boring topic that no one cares about, but everybody should care about it, which is why I was talking about it. And that was well received as well. I think networking opportunities were incredible because it was... It was not a small conference, but it wasn't a big one mm. either. So there were maybe about 250 people. And what that meant was it was very easy to connect with everyone. And I think especially in South Africa, I found that. So we were in Johannesburg and I felt like people were very friendly and approachable. So I was mm -hmm. just best friends with everyone there. Um, I got some really <laughs> good contacts. And, and yeah, I loved every, every moment of it. Did the safari, which oh, are the nice. photos where you were a bit childish of. Um, but yeah. That sounds lovely. And I love <laughs> it. I mean, it is, it's, it's so nice when you get to those conferences where it's quite small and every, and by the, by the second, the end of the second day, everyone, everyone knows each other, go out for drinks, have dinner and like uh, organizing whatever you're going to do next. I mean, I know that I've been to conferences in that, on that kind of scale. And I have friends still today that are coming out from conferences. So yeah, definitely a good shout. Yeah, I think these type of conferences and meetups are definitely the best for for networking. Mm. The as an introvert, the big ones give me anxiety. So already after these two <laughs> days of two hundred people, I was thinking, okay, I need to lie down now. I don't know how you did it at Big Data London. Well, I have to say, the first thing when I got in was, wow, this I knew it was going to be big, clues in the name, but that size was just huge. I thought it was brilliant. I mean, it was the first one I did last year. I couldn't attend because I wasn't in the country. And then before well, was pandemic. But um, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I wish I had the opportunity to stay for two days, but I only got to go for one. But I saw some really interesting talks. I saw one about data sustainability and data hoarding, which I thought was really interesting. We also had... A woman in data podcast a guest Susan Walsh was there. Yes. I, I watched her dirty data presentation, and she is so good. Her presentations are just brilliant. Um, I also saw the Expedia um, data woman doing a little talk about the diversity of paths to to data. So obviously, I was very interested. Mm -hmm. It's obviously going to have some appeal to me. And then just on top of that, just hanging out with people. I mean, women data had their little stand and uh, the little corner where you can go hang out, have a coffee. It was brilliant. It was just a lovely place, but big. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it did look very big. Yeah, but... Now, coming back to the podcast, because we do have two episodes coming out this month, which are absolutely brilliant. And the first one is with Salah Franzen. She's an investment manager at Navigari Ventures. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. 
I found it, it was really inspiring. And as you said, actually, I think during podcast, I want to work for her too. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I mean, the way she's speaking and, and it's just very evolving and um, it just creates a very welcoming environment. And I really, I, I just want to be part of it now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Salah has this interesting story where when she started working, um, she had so much support from, from her managers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she was she mentioned two people who were supporting her very early on in her career, um, elevating yep. her, helping her understand the industry she was in. And that sounded so foreign to me and so foreign to so many stories I I heard in for yeah. people who work in data where you basically start working and, and you're left on your own, unless obviously you're doing maybe a graduate scheme or something like that, which mm-hmm. a lot of us haven't done. Um, so hearing her perspective on that and how that reflects in the teams she, she leads today was incredible. Yeah. You gotta love that supporting, supportive environment, and but at the same time, pushing boundaries, giving back. I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. What else does Salah talk about on the in that episode? Uh, so Salah was also talking about changing industries as a leader and how you don't need to necessarily be very specific or very very knowledgeable of the industry. I mean, I know for myself, I'm working in higher education, and I've never done that before. So I guess it's also about being able to adapt and by creating an environment that is very supportive, you know, if you don't know, it's okay, you will learn. We all learn. Yeah. That's the whole point of it. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. And then at the end of the episode, you asked a question to uh, about how to test someone um, who is curious in the field. So... I really like that question. How do you know if someone is curious or not? Quite like that. So I thought maybe that would be a good one to put it to to the audience. How do you test someone if they're curious or not? I, I would love to have the answer to that question. <laughs> I feel like the, this is true because when Salah was talking, the curiosity theme kept coming back. And I was like, but how do you know if someone is actually curious? Because interviews don't last that long right so you can find out Mm -hmm. once you know the person but how do you find out in one hour so she gave an answer I quite liked for me it's very much Mm -hmm. a feeling so I haven't fully found out how to test curiosity but as you said would love to hear what the audience well what the listeners have to say yes absolutely now on a completely different subject <laughs> and as you said, who doesn't want to talk about machine learning engineering? <laughs> so I know that for me, it can be sometimes a little bit daunting. I mean, it's a subject that I don't feel super comfortable in. So kudos to you for going for this conversation with Michelle and Sarah. I but mean... they were so didactic about it and, and, and explaining what's MLE and, you know, so how, how was it? The secret, Cecilia, is not to get too technical about it. Otherwise, <laughs> I get lost. It must be it. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're going to have a few episodes. So you have ML coming this month, but then later mm. this year, we're going to be talking about generative AI and its impacts on data strategies and things like that. But it's not a topic I'm super close 
to, but it is important to to talk about. And what I wanted to do is I didn't want to do the same as, well, it's not the same as many podcasts, but there are some really good podcasts out there that go really deep in the technicality of MLOps mm-hmm. and ML as well. So I just wanted to do something a bit different, have the the overview. And then we talked about basically, so it was with Michelle Conway and Sarah Sklobom. And we were talking about the life cycle of ML ops, basically. So the differences between ML and ML ops. And something that made me giggle during the, um, during the conversation is, I think it was, oh, I can't remember which one said that, but one of them <laughs> said, one of them said, it's very easy to build models on your laptop uh, and make them run. But then once you put them in productions, they, they just break down. So that's what we were talking about, really, how to build models that are sustainable to uh, put in production, um, what's important, really understanding the difference between ML and ML engineering, um, mm-hmm. the importance of storytelling, good communications, but particularly the cross-collaboration part where you can't do good ML by yourself as an ML engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to collaborate with other teams and ensure that you're solving the problems that they are trying to solve. So that was quite cool. I, it was funny because these are all the problems we're having with data analytics and, and data science. And it's just a common theme across our field. So oh, hearing them talking about that was quite good. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And I mean, listening to it, I heard some things that I've already heard before at work or, you know, or some or some other people in the field. I mean, for me, there was one part, and again, I can't remember either who said that, but sometimes you have a solution for a problem, but you don't, uh, you just don't know how to apply it. So it's the whole thing, for example, with AI. I have all this technology, I just need to apply it somewhere. And then you don't really have a problem to solve. You just want to use the technology. Exactly. And something that Mm -hmm. was really key is at some point, so towards the end of the episode where they're talking about really understanding and asking yourself, do I really need ML to solve this problem? Or is there another solution, which I found to be quite powerful as a statement? Yeah, no, definitely. I quite like that. And I think sometimes we just complicate ourselves just for the sake of using all of the technology and all the knowledge that we have when actually it could make it so much simpler. Yeah, I mean, we learned all these cool things, so we don't we want do. to waste so it. We do, so we want to play. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we want to play with it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, at some point I remember talking with someone, that was a while ago, where she was singing that to be able to overcome this fear of not using the the skill, what you can do is build the solution that works for the business, but then in your own time, so when you have some learning and development time, you can then address the same problem with a more advanced solution. So that was quite cool as well. Yeah, so that's it for October. And I can't wait to hear um, the feedback, what everyone is thinking about the episodes, but also to launch the competition. So remember to follow Women in Data so you can then take part in the competition on the 5th of October. All right, see ya.